0: Hi, I'm Madigan, and you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Hey everybody, I hope we are doing good. I have so missed recording. It's been about a week now since I've recorded anything and oh boy, do we have a lot to catch up on from the last week or so. But I also just wanna give a big thank you for, again, you know, dealing with another re-release of an old episode, but I feel like it was really topically important right now to discuss Phyllis Schlafly. So I hope that if some of you who hadn't listened to that episode years ago, you know, got a chance to listen. I hope that you got something out of it and really, really enjoyed it. I remembered thoroughly uh, feeling very ragey during the taking of those notes and the recording of that episode. So I'm sure it was full of little great tidbits and such. And I also wanted to mention that I have been planning for an episode with a guest, but it's been a little bit difficult getting our schedules together. I completely overbooked myself before the wedding, and this person is also a mother, and my schedule's nuts, so it will be coming in the future, but it isn't going to be as soon as I had hoped. But I have a lot of other wonderful episode topics coming your way very, very shortly I also wanted to talk briefly about Patreon because now that I'm back, I'm finishing up the second episode for Women Talking. I know it's been taking forever to get out, but I'm finally slowly heading toward a phase in my life where I can focus more and more on my podcasting and my research And less and less on other jobs that take up more of my mental energy and physical energy at that. So you will be getting much more frequent Patreon episodes as well. I'm hoping to start releasing more extra content as well on the Patreon. So I'm really, really excited about it all. But you can expect another episode regarding Women Talking by Miriam Taves very shortly in the Angry Feminist Book Club. And this morning, I finished the book A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khaled Hosseini. I hope I'm saying his name right, but my gosh, this book wrecked me in all of the best and worst ways. And I feel like it was such an amazing depiction of what three decades in Afghanistan looked like. I feel like for me, you know, when I started researching... It's history and how we got to this point, you know, during the Masa Amini protests and things like that. It still is an episode that I really, really want to cover, you know, more the political side and things like that on the main page. But I really felt like this book being historical fiction and portraying these two women throughout these 30 years of living in Afghanistan through different leaderships and militias and wars. It was so moving and educational, and I truly think that everybody should read it. So I have decided that that's going to be the next book that we cover. It's so funny because I was sent a list of questions to do an interview with this magazine, and one of the questions was about the book club and how I go about choosing these books and things like that. And honestly, it's just based on what I want to read. I mean, as simple as that, but I think that I... You know, have really learned so much about the world through books since I was really little. I've always been a really, really avid reader, and in my family, you know, my immediate family, me, my mom and dad, we always had a book with us wherever we went. and it was always really enforced upon me to enjoy reading. and I really, really did. And it's opened up my eyes to other worlds that I have never been able to experience myself. and that's just the importance that I see in reading in general. So I think that this is going to be a really fantastic next book to cover. I think it's going to be really educational and informative, but also just a great conversation starter. So many great conversation starters in that book. And if you haven't read it, I highly, highly recommend reading it. And then if you want to join along in the conversation, you can join me on Patreon. Yay! So just go to the link in the show notes or the link in the bio on Instagram or go to patreon.com slash feminist to join the Angry Feminist Book Club at the $5 level. And then at the $8 level, you will get all of these episodes ad-free plus a little bit of extra content every now and again. I know that I did a little extra topic that I couldn't fit into a mini episode recently. So if you want to catch that, you can go to the $8 level on Patreon. Okay, I think it is important to get into this week's topics. And you know, I wasn't going to believe it until I saw it with my own two eyes. But Trump has finally been arrested. Woo! He surrendered to authorities at the Manhattan Criminal Court a little before 1.30 p.m. on Tuesday, April 4th. He was fingerprinted, but we were sadly spared a mugshot, which I am sure would have been hilarious, and he was sent straight into court. In there, he was flanked by his defense attorneys, and across the room was Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, who was surrounded by security after Trump threatened him online days prior. Trump had posted a picture, probably on Truth Social, of him wielding a baseball bat next to a photo of Bragg. I'm glad that they took this threat seriously, even though I highly doubt Donald Trump is going to uh, whip out a baseball bat during court. But he's a scary guy who knows a lot of scary guys. So Alvin Bragg, be well, please. And man, what a sight to see the former president at the defendant's table. It truly is something to behold. Judge Juan Merchant, who oversaw Trump's previous tax fraud trial, which led to the conviction of Trump's organization's chief financial officer, asked Trump how he pled to the 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree, to which Trump replied, Not guilty. That little tidbit was for all my musical theater and Chicago lovers, but he replied not guilty. In attempts to fend off any further social media attacks during the trial, Judge Merchant recommended that the defense advise their client not to speak publicly of the case. Good luck with that. Merchant also recommended that the prosecution advise their witnesses similarly, as they expect former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels herself to be their star witnesses. I don't know about anyone else, but every time I say Michael Cohen, I want to say Andy Cohen, and those are definitely not the same people. Trump didn't spend a second in jail and was released of his own recognizance concluding the hearing. Even if found guilty, it is likely that Trump will not spend any time in prison. Even though these are felony counts, this is technically his first offense in the matter, so he won't be punished as harshly by the law. Although I'm hoping by the media and society, however, he will be punished. Hard. However, this whole thing has bolstered his 2024 campaign, with it somehow gaining over $7 million since he predicted his arrest weeks ago. It's terrifying to think about, really, because as far as I've seen, the right is preparing for this big DeSantis versus Trump battle coming up, and that's this main event. I can't think of many Democratic candidates that are showing enough enthusiasm as DeSantis and Trump who are going for this election, and in my opinion, they have to, and as soon as possible, in order to gain enough attention and support before the elections and all the debates begin. Anyway, back to the day of the arrest. There were many, many, many protesters outside the court of... outside of the court in Manhattan, with the majority of them being anti-Trump protesters. There were, however, a few dozen, according to what I've read, Trump supporters rallying outside as well. There were a handful of right-wing politicians, one of the loudest and most prominent on the scene being, of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I despise that woman. Marge was quickly drowned out by anti-Trump supporters, but made a few big statements through a megaphone first. She called the Democratic Party the party of violence, Sure, Jan, and went on to berate the city's mayor, Eric Adams, who had mentioned her by name in previous days when asking for people to be on their best behavior in the coming days of the arrest. This was Marjorie Taylor Greene's best behavior, Mayor. She squawked this confusing statement, which I will clear up in just a sec. Mayor Adams, you send your henchmen down here to commit assault against people by making loud noises. This is referring to the many, many whistles being blown in the protests, which Marge assumed was from Mayor Adams, but was in fact being handed out by a Trump supporter. Egg on face. Along with her, liar George Santos showed up to support Trump, and he told a reporter it's a sad day for democracy. Is it? He goes on to say, what's to stop the next prosecutor in two years? Well, when you stop committing crimes, you won't have to worry about this anymore. I want to know what drugs these people are taking to have so wholeheartedly believed that Trump is somehow this innocent, saintly man. If I had a nickel for the amount of times I saw him compared to Jesus and speaking of Marjorie Taylor Greene, Nelson Mandela, I would be a rich woman. On top of all of that, QAnon followers think that Trump's arrest was prophesized all along by Q. And this is the door which will open the arrest to Democratic politicians and the so-called cabal, Biden, Obama, the Clintons, etc. And there's a lot more happening in U.S. politics. I've been seeing more and more harmful bills introduced and passed all over the United States recently. So this next So this next segment is going to be a little bit more broad and all over the place, but I wanted to mention a handful of these bills and laws and discuss the possible dangers that they hold. The first place I want to talk about is Texas. Now, I was in Austin for the wedding this past weekend, and on the day of traveling, Max and I had a lot of time to just hang out before our flight at like 9 p.m. that night. So we were dropped off near the state capitol, and we just walked around, and pretty much spent most of our time in a bar where it was nice and cold, and I read my book and sipped on some light beer like the classy bitch I am. (laughs) But anyways, the first stop we made was to the state capitol, and I wanted to walk around, and oh, we were just like scoffing at all these people in suits walking up and down, and I just couldn't help but think of all of the potential atrocities going on in there. And we were walking toward the building when we noticed that there was this really large monument that honored these confederates soldiers and I was like what the fuck so I stopped took a picture pulled Max over and he was like oh god Texas like you're the worst and then Literally looking over about a football field's length away was this beautiful sculpture statue. I mean, it wasn't even a statue. This thing is like a, another giant monument, kind of made up of all these little statues of Black history. It was so stunning. And I'm going to share some of these photos on Instagram because it truly was so beautiful. But it was really weird to be standing at either one of these monuments and you can see the other one from that area. And that just seems really icky and gross. Like, Choose a lane, Texas. Come on. Anyway, on Wednesday, after I left Texas, there were a couple of hearings regarding these two bills. One of the bills, if passed, would require a framed copy or poster of the Ten Commandments in every public school classroom in the state. This isn't exactly a new idea. Back in 1980 in Kentucky, a bill which asked the exact same thing made its way all the way up to the Supreme Court, which they decided violated the First Amendment. In their decision, they noted, The Ten Commandments are undeniably a sacred text in the Jewish and Christian faiths, and no legislative recitation of a supposed secular purpose can blind us to that fact. So why try fighting it again? For the same reason, they began introducing and passing more and more bills regarding abortion, taking it all the way to the Supreme Court and overturning Roe v. Wade. If some of these bills I mention are vetoed by governors, that still doesn't prevent them from being outnumbered and outvoted. Recently in Kansas, lawmakers overrode Governor Laura Kelly on a bill that would ban all trans women and girls from kindergarten through college from competing in women's sport. This bill has been dubbed the Fairness in Women's Sport Act, which really rubbed me the wrong way. Women's sports teams as a whole are not taken as seriously as men's teams. They don't have the same amount of fans, the same amount of advertisers, the same amount of praise for their successes. And we're going to talk about fair. I get that change is hard and it can be scary, but it shouldn't be up to lawmakers to make the rules about who can compete with what team. And this isn't going to stop. More and more people now are accessing the help and assistance they need to transition in order to live their lives according to who they are, not who they're supposed to be. So we need to find a way to make it fair for all women to compete by working with medical professionals, coaches, mental health professionals, and anyone else with insight who can help usher in a new era of gender acceptance in sport. Governor Kelly had vetoed this bill three times prior and made a note in the most recent veto stating, let's be clear that this bill is all about politics, meaning it's not about the health and well-being of the citizens. Kansas, now my mom's home state, was also fucking up with the new abortion bill that passed, which requires healthcare providers to tell people undergoing medically induced abortions that the procedure is reversible. I spit out my wine the first time I read this. What? The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists call this bill scientifically unsound, unproven, and unethical. You think? Can you imagine being duped into believing that this abortion could be reversed and maybe going back to do so only to find out that it was all a lie? What's the point of this bill? Who is it helping? In other abortion news, the Florida Senate passed a six-week abortion ban with the support, of course, of Ron DeSantis. The proposal allows an exception in the case of saving the life of the pregnant person, and in the case of rape or incest, a patient must provide documentation, such as medical records, a police report, or a restraining order to prove it. DeSantis calls these sanctions sensible. No, in fact, no, in fact, they are cruel and senseless. Imagine being violated and some of the worst ways a human can be violated and first having to admit it to yourself. Go to get help. Go through an extremely invasive examination, all while holding so many emotions from an attack that, hopefully, happened somewhat recently so that there will be evidence of it. Then get a lawyer. File a lawsuit. Let your dirty laundry fly out in front of the world. Let defense lawyers tell you that it was your fault. Have police not believe your statements. Possibly have your reputation ruined and your life forever changed. All of this in order to get an abortion, to get rid of a fetus that could attach itself to the memory of that violating incident for certain people. This man is absolutely cruel. Idaho is looking to criminalize abortion trafficking of minors traveling out of the state to receive abortions. Now, I really resent this because we think of trafficking as being one specific thing. We usually think of human trafficking specifically for people who are in forced sex work and who are typically enslaved to their traffickers, formerly known as pimps. So talking about helping out a minor with a medical procedure and labeling it as trafficking is a really, really dangerous thing that I think that we're adding to this abortion rhetoric. And this law would make it a crime to recruit, harbor, or transport a minor over state lines for the purpose of an abortion. If found guilty, one could face two to five years in prison. And this makes anti-trafficking advocates real mad, because getting help for your child does not make you a trafficker, but by naming it as such, it's adding fuel to an already untrue narrative surrounding abortion.
1: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Okay, well, with all of that bad news, I also wanted to share some good news with you that Max's mom shared with me. A group of over 6,000 Catholic nuns joined together in writing an open letter stating that trans and non-binary people are, quote, beloved and cherished by God. The Sisters of of St. Joseph Federation, along with several other Catholic organizations, published this open letter on the Trans Day of Visibility on March 31st. They wrote, We wholeheartedly affirm that transgender, non-binary, and gender-expansive individuals are beloved and cherished by God. We mark March 31st, International Day of Transgender Visibility, as a time to celebrate, acknowledge, and uplift folks who identify as transgender, non-binary, and or gender expansive. We know our actions and commitments must extend this day's observance. The letter even noted the harm and erasure of trans people in the U.S. due to the anti-LGBTQ legislation, discrimination, and harmful rhetoric from some Christian institutions, including the Catholic Church. This is an amazing level of accountability to me, and I wish that the Catholic Church would do this more often and with more things. The fact that the Catholic Church is still pushing aside so much sexual assault of minors is despicable to me, and that's literally the first thing that comes to mind whenever I read anything positive about the Catholic Church. But I do think that this is a big step in the right direction when it comes to accepting the LGBTQ plus community within religious spaces. Those who signed share a wish to provide deep belonging for trans people in the church and say that they believe that the church will be an oppressor unless it accepts the LGBTQ plus community. The Sisters of St. Joseph Federation told Pink News, We realized there was very little published in terms of Catholic support for trans and non-binary folks and didn't want hateful rhetoric to be the only thing people were hearing from the Catholic church. Good on you, ladies. This is a huge contrast, as just recently Pope Francis stated that he doesn't think that being gay is a crime, but believes that homosexuality is a sin, being as all sex outside of marriage is a sin, and gay marriage is not sanctioned in the Catholic Church. So therefore, if you are married to another person of the same gender, your marriage isn't even viable in the Catholic Church anyways. The Pope also stated in March that gender ideology is, quote, dangerous because it blurs differences and value of men and women. That's the point, dumbass. (laughs) He goes on to say the question of gender is diluting the differences and making the world the same, all dull and all alike. I'm sorry, not sorry. Have you met a trans person or anyone in the LGBTQ community? They are all different and unique and colorful and not at all the same. Everyone has their own identity. They are free and brave enough to be themselves in their gender, their sexuality, in their appearance, all of it. And we're not relegated to being one of two genders. We can express ourselves in any way that we want to. It is radical and beautiful. And if there is a God sitting up there in heaven, he is enjoying all of the colors of the rainbow below him and frowning down on you, Pope Francis. I just think that this is a really, really wonderful step forward. And I really hope that there are more and more religious communities out there who are opening their doors to a vast variety of people. Because that's the whole point of Christianity to begin with, isn't it? That we open our arms and our doors to anybody who needs help and acceptance and love and who wants to find God, whatever that means. And that's my issue with religion and organized religion in general, is that there's so many rules that you have to follow in order to be seen as good enough for your God or for your church. And that doesn't make sense to me. Humans are messy and make a lot of mistakes and have to explore themselves and the world in order to find the good in it. We don't always make the best choices. Sometimes we say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, or hurt someone that we love, But if there is a God out there, I hope that they would see through all of those things and see me as the good person that I am, especially since I've had premarital sex. Whew. Okay, that is everything that I have for you today. I hope that you enjoyed these topics. I really, really enjoyed reading everything. I really enjoyed seeing Trump getting arrested this week, and I can't wait to see how all of that unfolds. So we definitely will be discussing that more and more and more, I'm sure, each week as the events go on. But I also want to remind you one more time that if you did want to join the Angry Feminist Book Club, you can hit the link in the show notes and it'll take you directly there. I am having such a great time and there's going to be more and more content coming up more and more frequently as the months and weeks and so on goes forward. So thank you so much for everyone who has joined for anyone who is thinking about it, jump on the bandwagon. It's really really fun and I'm really enjoying reading and discussing all the books that I have so far. If there are any news topics that you want me to share, the best way to get a hold of me is by emailing me at neighborhoodfeminist@gmail.com at or DMing me on Instagram at angryneighborhoodfeminist. And if you haven't yet reviewed the show, that's one of the best ways that you can support me and the show. So go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. Or if you prefer to listen on Spotify, go over and rate the show there. It truly means the world to me and it's just, it just shows me your love, you know? All right. Thank you so much for listening to another mini What's in the News episode. That is all I have for you today. With all of that being said, I encourage you to rage on.